0: All guys, gals, non binary pals, welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, uh, taped live at Twitch and r- available on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling.
1: I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And for all you know, I'm the fourth man. I doubt it, though. No, <laughs> God damn it. Look, yeah. I'm going to throw out a proper red herring here okay that all the cool kids are doing it i want to get in on it if you
0: say so but yes today we return to the nwo our last time in the nwo actually we are. we have this is our fifth episode we're wrapping up for the time being
1: it's always so wild when we end an arc dude it feel it feels like it feels like it's been so long and yet no time at all
0: mm-hmm. and it's not just wild it's Hog wild. wild, yeah, yeah, because that is our show today. Is we are watching WCW Hog Wild taking place August tenth, nineteen ninety six, a pay per view event, and it famously is at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in Sturgis, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. It's it's a big old motorcycle rally. You're, there's so much leather. In this, in this, epi- in this, in this uh, pay per view.
1: Thank you.
0: Yes, and uh, basically, why did they do a show here? Well, basically, yes. it's because the, D- the WCW and Eric Bischoff likes to do shows at unique venues and setups to kind of create interesting visuals. But also, Eric Bischoff is a giant motorcycle nerd, and he really wanted to go to Sturgis. So we're going
1: to Sturgis. Eric Bischoff is just Adam Sandlering this pay per view. Yes.
0: <laughs> now the event is kind of well known for the fact that it takes place. The motorcycle rally, which means there are no paid attendants. Everybody or just everybody who's attending are just people who were at the motorcycle rally.
1: They, they didn't even think to be like, hey, give us a cut of the ticket, Rev. They just they're just like, yeah, we're just going to show up here and it's going to be hunky dory. Don't think about it too hard. I don't know if
0: they had the authority to do... I don't know if they had the ability to, to kind of push for that kind of thing, but they should have.
1: Because, like, how are you not have... This venue's like... This venue's hosting WCW. Why the fuck wouldn't they be able to say, like, hey, if we're gonna be here, we wanna, we wanna cut? I don't know. I,
0: it, I, I've never really heard anyone explain, like, the business... Like, I've never heard anyone give an explanation for, like, why this this situation happened beyond the fact they're just like yeah there were no paying customers to this show
1: cool great love 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 it when when he just drives his own company into the ground love love just the the fact the writing was always on the wall uh
0: yep but for now we're just gonna enjoy watching a bunch of drunken rednecks on their motorcycles watching wrestling and of course revving them that's just a hint for what's to come they're going to rev their goddamn motorcycles
1: oh of course
0: yes so what are the matches of this show uh as usual i was going to say up front as usual we do with our pay-per-view shows we only watch eh, about two-thirds of it Mm -hmm. because of the timing constraints that me and david have for recording so, what are the uh, what here are the match card, and uh, I will say what matches we're going to watch and what we are, not and I'll give a bit of an explanation for the story in between because there's been an episode of Nitro since uh, we last watched since they they heinously attacked Rey Mysterio in the parking lot.
1: I know, fucking lawn darted him against that trailer. Mm. Jesus Christ. And we had the first ever black
0: and white NWO promo, and absolutely nothing else happened. On the
1: I know, show. and it was great. I don't care that it was boring. It was awesome. <sighs> I was die listen, on this hill, Austin. I'm so sorry. You've won, you won me over a little bit on that. Yes.
0: Not, I'll not entirely.
1: I'll take that victory.
0: Right. So, here are the matches. Uh, in reverse order, from the main event to the to the opening match, we get the main event. It's Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus the Giant for the World Heavyweight oh, Championship.
1: I'm so fucking hype for this dude.
0: The Giant has kind of is kind of taking this position of being like the last line of defense, so to speak. Like he's the ch- he's the champion. Therefore, it's all good as long as. None of the NWO has the belt. Everything's good.
1: Yeah, that, I'm sure that's going to go over swimmingly. No problems whatsoever.
0: Mm-hmm. And he just, he's been beating up people. This past episode of Nitro, he squashed Sergeant Craig Pittman, whatever. And then he cut a promo that was like, it was, it was kind of sweet. and he was his, his normal big shouty fare, but then he also ended it with, you know, Hogan, if you say you got the guts, you show up at Sturgis and I'll hand them back to you.
1: Ooh. Go off, giant. Spit them bars. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile,
0: Hogan, we got another... Black and white promo. And if you thought that the last one was kind of iffy because of Hogan's mannerisms, this one's even worse. Like, Hogan just continues to devolve back into doing his regular shtick. Like,
1: but but his regular shtick is what makes him a heel for real
0: yeah so but he you got him doing lines uh the two that stuck out the most to me is he's like on october the 11th 10th i'm gonna be the giant which is weird because he also draw he doesn't like he has he doesn't do his promo voice he doesn't do his real voice either but he does like his fake voice but not yelling he wasn't He wasn't shouting. He just, when he says on August the 10th, I'm going to beat the Giant, he says it in a normal volume, but not in his real voice. It was kind of weird and unexpected.
1: Oh, okay. But,
0: but anyway, my point is, he says his line, is like, on August 10th, I'm going to be the Giant. And August 11th is my birthday. And you get, which is legit, I looked it up, and Scott, and you get Scott Hall and Kevin Nass singing happy birthday to Hogan while he pretends to, to cry for a what? second.
1: What?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest difference between this promo and the one we watched before is that... And the first one, Hall and Nash did were a little silly, but generally, were tried to be more serious. It felt like on this one, they've leaned into this. They let Hogan's silliness seep into their stuff too more often
1: they knew they knew what they were who they were working yeah. with at this point they understood
0: like, like you got Scott Hall take which is an interesting threat but because he's he he's carrying a baseball bat and he's like hey maybe billionaire Ted needs some needs some, uh, needs some home run hitters on the Braves after all we know how to swing a bat
1: oh okay cool i i have to say as much as i like appreciate the just the, the je ne sais quoi that the NWO possesses, man. Some of their lines that are meant to sound cool are just clunky as shit.
0: Yup. And you also get Hogan doing whenever he was, when he was feuding with the Giant before, when Hogan he was a face, he had two bits that he constantly did. First, he would call the Giant the Big Stinky Giant. Okay. And he would also find some way to work in the phrase "fee fi fo fum." He brought oh. back the, he brought back the fairy tale line on this in this black and white promo. He's he him and him and Hall and Nasty like the fee fi fo fum bit.
1: <laughs> cute, cute, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever. So that's our main event. Hogan is trying to almost complete uh, it, they they frame it as like almost like, a completion of the a clo the invasion is climaxed if Hogan can win the title. It's all culminated and come together. And
1: which, which is really funny to think about when you know just how eternal the NWO storyline was, mm-hmm. how never ending it seems, how, yeah. how fucking ubiquitous it is that even in twenty twenty one on AEW Dynamite you can see people in the in the seats wearing NWO shirts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this is the climax. Okay.
0: so Yeah, oh, I had forgotten that they all opened the promo doing a bunch of goofy bits about Sting, Luger, and, and Savage. That leads into the next match, by the way. And we had Hall, uh, Kevin Nass saying, you know, you know, since we got here, it's no longer about taking over. It's now about extermination. <laughs> So they've now upgraded to, we're going to murder everybody.
1: You know, while that does sound like an upgrade, I do have to point out the kind of tactical sidestep they're doing here in that there's no way they they were going to run uh, NWO, like, runs the show. It's our house now sort of thing. So mm-hmm. instead, they, they, they don't really achieve a takeover so much, but they're like, all right, now that we've established ourselves as the threat we just get to like be on tv kicking everybody's asses so just yeah don't don't remember don't try not to remember that part where we were low-key threatening to like just kind of dethrone eric bischoff and and yeah don't don't think think about it (laughs) oh god wrestling the the official tagline of all wrestling ever is don't think about it
0: Hey, you're right. So the next match we have in the in the semi-main is the Outsiders, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, taking on Sting and Lex Luger in a tag team match.
1: Nice, nice.
0: So Sting, Luger, and Randy Savage have kind of continued to be like the face of the the face of the resistance. Let's call it like that. Um, and the, on this most recent episode, you get they get they have a lot of beats. So, first you get uh, Sting and Luger interrupting, because the Nasty Boys had another match. Great. They're not on this pay-per-view, but I need to mention this part. And they cut a promo afterwards, kind of backpedaling a little bit about that whole, we kind of want to join the NWO thing. Now they kind of play it as, like, everyone kind of assumes we're NWO because of our friendship with Hogan. But, no, we're, we're for ourselves, guys. We're... We're not in W.O.
1: So this is so this is post Hogan having the like conversation with them outside the locker room of like, hey guys, listen, I, I yeah I, guys in there yeah, that that whole that whole <laughs> bit. We're we're, yeah. we're we're post that at this point.
0: Yes, but Sting and Luger are like I don't know. This all sounds kind of sketchy and bullshit to me. You kind—I of, don't know if we can trust you. So the main event is they have a match against the Nasty Boys and they win. But before the, they win. We get in the middle of the show. Randy Savage beats Lord Steven Regal in a match. Ooh. And earlier in the night, they do this. They do. They redo the limo bit. I mentioned last time they had a bit where there was a limo parked outside Disney MGM Studios. They're still there by the way. I swear this is the last Disney MGM show. And oh, sure. and everyone's like, "Who's in the limo?" They do it again on the on the on the uh, August 4th episode. And on the yes, August 4th episode of Nitro. And the first time Sting and Luger go over there to the limo, they open the limo and all they find is a bouquet of flowers. And on the flowers, it says, condolences to the death, for the death of WCW. Uh, And they're like, what's going on here?
1: Okay. Uh, So, are they trying to do this as another Ric Flair red herring, or...
0: No, this is just more passive passive aggression from the NWO. Fair enough. Yeah, and then... Uh, circling back, back to the NWO black and white promo, it actually cuts off mid-promo. Because they, and they go to the back and they show that Sting and Lex Luger went to the production truck and told the guys in the production truck to cut the commercial. Oh, shit. He, he, they, they bullied these poor production people <laughs> into cutting the commercial because they don't want trash broadcasted on, our, on Nitro which I'm going to point out that this episode had the Nasty Boys in a match and the Booty Man in a match. So I think some trash already made air.
1: Well, look, they're... they're, they're... Uh, Audio.
0: Microphone. Okay, you're back.
1: (laughs) Against their own hometown boys here, unfortunately. As much as I want to fucking see them... You you know just be like hey while we're at it you know fuck all of these annoying dudes that just aren't part of the NWO but we hate them anyway yeah but, fine whatever
0: yeah the poor production guys are like but but they pay for the ad space and they and and Sting and Luger apparently do not consider this a legitimate reason to have to play the ad they're like oh you got NWO on your shirt
1: yeah look I I. So this is why I want uh, a a like a show or a movie or something that's like about all the like beleaguered technicians that work for wrestling companies and all the bullshit they have to pull put up within kayfabe. But it's like yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So we get to the main event bit. They beat the nasty boys and then they go to the limo again and because there's more there's more rustling in the limo and they get to the limo and someone rolls the window down we don't know who and they throw a satchel at Sting and Luger and the, it's a and they go off the air before they reveal what's in the satchel but we they have an after show exclusive clip um, edited back into the end here, so we get to see what happened. What happened afterwards? So Sting opens the satchel, and they, it's a piece of paper, and it says, "and it says like, and it says from the N.W. It says Ray was right. There were four men, or were there five? Oh God, damn it! Yep, son of a yep. bitch. Why? Yeah, they're all they're they're just already they're already hinting at more people.
1: God, I like okay. I'm of two minds about this because on one hand, I'm sure it's like I I guess it was probably cool like in the moment of, mm-hmm. of like look at all the numbers we're amassing. It's so like ooh scary. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I figure that. Yeah, it like like I, I'm sure like this is this is one of those things of like. It's hard to kind of, like, put yourself in the moment sometimes of what it must have been like back then to see the story, like, ride out. But, like, now with, with the benefit of hindsight, knowing where this goes, it just, again, the writing's been on the wall of just how dumb and bloated the NW were mm-hmm. past this point.
0: Like, could they have savored this moment of only the three of them a little bit more?
1: Nope, evidently not.
0: I also, I want to. I'm using this a good time for me to point this out. Is that I was thinking about this in the in the work up this episode. And honestly, like the bit with Rey Mysterio and the fourth man thing would have been more interesting if they didn't hint at the fourth man before Rey Mysterio got attacked. Like I didn't I didn't make this connection last time when we actually watched this episode. But like I did mention that they were hinting at this idea of Ooh, who's there's the who's the fourth man. And, like, I think it would have been more narratively interesting if Rey Mysterio being like, there was four, was, like, an actual shock reveal moment that had never been even considered on air before.
1: Yes, that I can get down with. And I think that might have even, like, that might even, for me, have been enough to, to lay off just now because... It doesn't feel like at the time they were already planning. To, it wouldn't have felt like they were already planning to bloat this thing. Mm-hmm. Or it wouldn't have felt so obvious. It, you know, it would have seemed like really like well-calculated storytelling. That does seem like a bit of a missed opportunity. And damn, now yeah. that you say that, I wish we had it like that. Like right mm-hmm.
0: that moment. Yeah. So that's, that's that match. Uh, then the next match, Ric Flair versus Eddie Guerrero for the W for the United States Championship. Um, I don't have any. This story is barely built to, and the only reason we're including it is because one of these matches has absolutely no story at all, so we're skipping that one. Fair enough. So, what Flair and the um and the Horsemen are back. Um, R. And Anderson showed up on this episode to kind of be like. I'm I'm recovering from my injuries and I want revenge. Uh their purpose is they beat the shit out of the booty man. I'm not even being like it's Rick Flair faces the Booty Man, and it's a one-sided beatdown. And then all the Horsemen show up and kick his ass some more, because okay. they they're playing this off as a message to Hogan, because the Booty Man is also cannot is also IRL friends with Hogan, and they're leaning on that too. The same way they're leaning on the Nasty Boys part, so they're sending a message to Hogan by brutalizing someone who's supposed to be his friend. And they're like, we're coming for you too, Horse um, uh, NWO. And how this connects to Eddie is that they also do a bit on one of the WCW uh, weekend shows. That they pre-tape those that where um, Flair was in a match with Chavo Guerrero, and he basically like tried to hurt, injure him, and refused to let go of the figure four leg lock. Eddie Guerrero came to the rescue, and of his cousin and then Eddie, and then there was, like, a promo with Eddie Chavo and an injured Rey Mysterio all being like, we stand together, and I'm going to beat you, Flair. You know, there's not a lot to it, but there is something to it, which is how it made the cut here.
1: There's something, and it's even funnier the the fact that Rey's involved here with what you were telling Mm -hmm. me about. Like, I want to say it was, what, WWE 2K12, where the fucking like story mode has Ray being part of the NWO or whatever.
0: Yes. yes, that's it. Is the in WWE twelve they do a bit. They basically kind of do like NWO light, where Kevin Nash comes back to WWE to try to destroy it and bring back WCW, and to and in the storyline they have Ray Mysterio turned heel in a line with WCW. So stupid,
1: but mm-hmm. funny that uh, you know probably a very easy yeah. connection on my part, but I don't know. I find that mildly, mildly amusing.
0: Yeah, I mean, the whole thing's kind of amusing that, like, they have these guys turn heel who've been, like, on record saying, yeah, it kind of sucked being in WCW by the time we left. Yeah. And then they're just <laughs> the aligning and being like, we got to bring back WCW, man.
1: Damn, they really lean hard on the non-canonicity of those games. They're just like, yeah, oh, we can do whatever, the- whatever. Whatever.
0: The story modes are pretty fucking fun, though. I'm gonna be
1: honest. Yeah, I remember, I remember watching you play one that had that, that was that seemed like entertaining enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remember at one point your character was having a conversation with Triple H, who I had no idea who the fuck that was at the time. A, uh, hey. uh, and you were like, "Oh yeah," and this one you worked your way up from in the indies. and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's 2K19. Boy.
0: That wasn't a bad. That wasn't a bad one.
1: That wasn't a bad one. Nice."
0: Anyway, uh, moving on, the next bit is Harlem Heat versus the Steiner Brothers for the tag team titles. Uh, nothing to really add about the Steiners. They're still, you know, being beefy boys, kick ass. Uh, Harlem Heat continues to, like, win by cheating every through, like, these comical mousetrap of, of situations. Where, as a as a reminder for is of what the storyline going here right now is, is that their manager was Sherry Martell, and she has rekindled her romance with Colonel with noted plantation owner Colonel Robert Parker, and so now Harlem Heat is frustrated with the both of them because they keep they are help they are they are being too busy wrapped up in each other to help harlem heat cheat to win matches
1: okay oh, okay <laughs> that that's that's a hell of a way to do your, your cheater group falling apart angle
0: and instead and now instead when they do help to cheat it's through ridiculously complicated methods for example on the on the august 4th episode of nitro they have a match with the rock and roll express the, the sequence of events goes, Bobby G- Robert Gibson pins one of uh, Harlem Heat, I think Booker T. Sherry pops up on the apron and starts making out with him as a distraction technique. This pisses off Robert Parker, who then gets up on the apron to yell at Robert Gibson for macking on his woman. This distraction leads to Harlem Heat pinning one of the, Robert, of the Rock and Roll Express to win the match.
1: Oh, that's uh that that sounds like it takes up more action than a match itself. Yeah, it's
0: all it's it's overly complicated and not particularly great.
1: You know it's really funny that one of the like running threads of our current um, uh, uh, our current arcs is cheaters fucking up in increasingly ridiculous ways. And ch- increasingly weird things being done with your cheater characters. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Davis. <laughs> hey,
0: Danny, my man.
1: Our man, Danny. Referee. Uh, uh, crooked, corrupt referee turned wrestler.
0: The greatest referee in wrestling history, Danny Davis. A real, a real rule
1: enforcer. He kept Jim Neidhart in that corner, Danny. He and- did.
0: So the first match of ours that we're going to skip because of personal reasons that we've brought up on this show before, mm-hmm. Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko. Uh, yes, um, the Chris Benoit fact factor of this says we're not <laughs> watching it. But... Helps
1: out a lot. What do you say? It cuts down like twenty-six minutes. Yes.
0: Okay. The match. This match is the longest match on the show, going twenty-six minutes fifty-five seconds. This match.
1: This match is the longest.
0: And it probably is really freaking good because this is two of the greatest technical wrestlers in 1996 going to almost half an hour on pay-per-view. It probably bangs real hard.
1: <laughs> but... Chris Benoit is a murderer.
0: But, so we are not intentionally watching Benoit matches, if I can help it. So... But I will say the storyline is pretty simple. It's basically a situation where it's it's they keep getting in each other's business and it's not helped by the fact that Jimmy Hart is trying to recruit Dean Malenko to the Dungeon of Doom. So now he's like Dean Malenko is getting sucked into the Horseman versus Dungeon stuff.
1: Yeah, because we needed more of that. What? We did? We need more Kevin Sullivan
0: and Chris Benoit feuding over the fa- over Kevin's real life wife woman leaving him For Chris Benoit in real life and in kayfabe, we need more of that storyline.
1: Why? Why? You know, it would have been really nice if Benoit were a shit worker. If he were just real bad in ring Mm -hmm. to match all the shit of this storyline and all the shit that that fucker turned into. Uh, but no, he also
0: has to be one of the greatest technical wrestlers on the planet. <laughs> oh,
1: fuck off, Chris Benoit. Yes. Anyway,
0: the next is Medusa versus Bull Nakano. Ooh. A w- random women's match sighting. Bull,
1: I love her.
0: I-, I wanted to include this basically almost as a make-good for SummerSlam 94 when we had to skip... Alundra Blaze versus Bull Nakano, So now we get to see that same match in WCW.
1: Oh, Alundra Blaze is also uh. It's uh, Medusa.
0: That is her non-WWE oh. name.
1: Oh shit. Okay. Nice. In fact,
0: that name was not cons, uh, constructed m- entirely because of the mythology bit of it. Though that I think that I think some of that is included. It's also it's it's technically short for Made in the USA which was kind of her bit when she was in Japan.
1: That, that is something about invoking Greek mythology to do, a, to do American jingoism feels weird and maybe a little wrong? Eh. Well, if you're
0: concerned about American, you're concerned about Jingoism, let's actually talk about Medusa and Bull Nakano for a second. So, here's what the storyline is. It is the Battle of the Bikes, where the loser gets their motorcycle destroyed by the winner.
1: They drive, both of them drive motorcycles?
0: Only for the sake of this match, and it's never mentioned again. How, however, this match was thrown together on this episode of Nitro, the August 4th episode, where they announced this match and it is all of and if you want, the jingoism aspect comes from Sonny Ono. I don't know if I've ever mentioned him explicitly on this podcast before, but in IRL, Sonny Ono was basically one of Eric Bischoff's friends he just kind of happened to make along the way, and he brought Sonny in as a Japanese ambassador, or as an amb- or as I say a company ambassador to Japan, because he could speak Japanese. Um, and he kind of also then became an on-screen figure as... The, man, the heel manager for all Japanese wrestlers. In WCW, every single Japanese wrestler is an evil, anti-American heel managed by Sonny Ono. Bull Nakano is no exception to this.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, no. Why? No, I like Bull a lot. Why do they have to do some dumb shit with her like that? Because that's what WCW do. That's what what all of fucking 80s and 90s and early aughts and kind of 2010s and even occasionally 2020s wrestling does. Oh
0: Yeah. And so the only build for this match uh, on the August 4th episode of Nitro is they had Medusa beat up a different Japanese wrestler. uh, Maya Hosaka, to be precise. Unfortunate. Fun fact, despite being Japanese in ethnicity,
1: she is from Hawaii. (laughs) Of course, of course, you know, points for a kind of accuracy, I guess. Wait, it also dawns on me that the last fucking Bull Nakano match we watched was also her against a Muraka girl. Right? I don't think Charlie Lee Morgan had any character, really. Okay, she was in red, white, and blue, though, if I remember. Yeah, I guess, but
0: they don't okay. really, they, did, that was, they didn't emphasize that, so I was Either just like, way, who? I'm
1: detecting a pattern here.
0: When Bull Nakano shows up in America, she's wrestling as the evil foreigner against the Americans? Yes, you might you notice that pattern. Who
1: hates America, because of course we're going to build that for heat. Fuck off. Sure. Uh, see, next here, week. Here, here, see, here, here's the thing for me, as as the filthy lefty that I am. Personally, for me, if someone tr- if someone tries to build heel heat off of off of hating Murica, uh, that's just that's just gonna be an Uno reverse card for me, baby. Because I'm gonna <laughs> be like, I'm gonna be like, the only heat you're gonna get from me is not hating Murica enough. Okay, <laughs> you gotta pass my test, then I'll root for you
0: nice uh then we have scott norton versus ice train um the the fire and ice implodes oh yeah so in case you've forgotten they were a tag team and they fired teddy long as their manager and broke up as a tag team because they were losing too much as a tag team so they're like fuck this (laughs)
1: The ice. This wasn't the Mortal Kombat thing, right? No, that's uh, Glacier. Okay.
0: Ice Train was just the big black dude who's in ice colored
1: tights. And okay. So
0: he's Ice Train.
1: Uh, you know what? I- I'm here. F- you know, that makes me imagine him as like one of the elemental siblings of Alan Rails from Rick and Morty.
0: <laughs> this, is, this is where I wish I'd seen that show.
1: Uh, there, there's a, there's an episode that that parodies like the Avengers, and there's a character named Alan Rails who is like a big beefy black dude in like a conductor's uniform who can summon ghost trains. Um, that's an oddly specific have, power set. That's that's the joke is that is, <laughs> they, is that they have weird powers, but like but yeah. So now now it now like I'm head that they're like elemental siblings. So so he can summon ice trains.
0: Yeah, he's, instead of ghost <laughs> trains, it's ice trains. Because this is also Pokemon where ghost and ice are elements.
1: <laughs> Look, okay, I mean elemental in a broad, ethereal sense. Sure, a Pokemon sense, if you want to call it that, fine.
0: I do want to call it that. <laughs>
1: oh, God damn it.
0: Anyway, I, I, also this is as good a time as any to bring this up because I forgot about to mention this earlier. Yeah. Is that on the August fourth episode of Nitro after after the events of the heinous backlot beating on this episode, uh, some of the jobbery boys showed up as tacked as in ring security. So after so during every match, they just kind of stood out there on watch. Uh, the, pow, the, uh, the, the um, uh, Ming and the Barbarian, I forget their name already, Big Bubba did it, and Scott Norton was out there. They were standing out there watching. Watching for those NWO guys to show up.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet they did a real good job at making sure no shenanigans went down.
0: Apparently they're actually cool with any WCW related shenanigans. Like of when course. the horsemen all came out to shit canned the booty man, that oh, was yeah. fine. They as long as it's not Hogan Hall and Nash, it's, it's all good.
1: Yeah, look, they're they're there for one job and one job only. They know they know what they're <laughs> getting paid for. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> nothing.
0: They're getting paid nothing at all.
1: Oh, well, wait, why are they <laughs> Apparently,
0: Apparently, it's a volunteer job. From what from what they say on commentary.
1: Oh God! Well, then they knew what they were volunteering for. I don't fucking know.
0: Yeah. Anyway, well, and then
1: for you don't pay me at all. At <laughs> all.
0: <laughs> anyway, the final, the first match of the show, and one that we are skipping, unfortunately, is Rey Mysterio versus Ultimo Dragon for the Cruiserweight Championship.
1: You're, you're you're depriving me of... Okay, you're giving me Bull. You're giving me Bull Nakano. I can live with that.
0: Listen, it was between this and Flair Guerrero, and I decided that literally at least Flair and Guerrero appeared on screen <laughs>
1: together. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But have you considered fuck Ric Flair, all hail Wrestle Daddy Rey Mysterio? I get that. But also, yeah. afraid not. We're
0: not. This isn't. We're not banning Ric Flair from this podcast, so it's not. He's not going to get the Benoit treatment on these situations, these circumstances. We gotta.
1: We gotta appease. We gotta appease the people who actually give a shit about Ric Flair. Fine. Anyway,
0: uh, Ultimo Dragon is another Japanese wrestler managed by Sonny Ono.
1: Of course. Wait. I was thinking that. Wait. That, I'm kind of surprised. This sounded like it was going to be another Lucha vs. Lucha match.
0: I mean, he is a masked wrestler. He was trained, he was trained in the lucha libre style in Mexico. Ooh. But he is Japanese. So he's going with Sonny Ono. Of course he is. Yay.
1: Yeah, why not?
0: And that is the and that is the rundown of the WCW Hog Wild pay-per-view. Uh, if you would like to watch along with us, you can watch on Peacock.com. Uh. Dot TV peacock That's it. Yes, I, I totally know what these place, what these web address, these web I addresses you are. You don't need
1: to pretend. Fuck peacock, it doesn't deserve our memorization.
0: Fair. Uh it's four nine nine a month with ads, five nine 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 a month without. It is WWE's American streaming partner. If you are international, you can probably still use the WWE network, which is still 999 American. And you can get all of WCW's owned tape library. Ooh. Including WCW Hog Wild.
1: Fancy. Fancy, fancy shit. Yep.
0: But for now, uh, we're gonna go watch the show. We will be back to talk about Hog Wild, and we are back. We have just finished WCW Hog Wild 1996. WCW coming at you live from Sturgis, South Dakota, and all of your hopes and dreams are dead because Hogan is the Hollywood Hogan is the champion again.
1: Wow, what a shocker! Also, the the booty man is the fourth man, except not really, I guess. But what for the like, fuck?
0: but for five minutes, you thought the fourth man
1: was, was the booty man. The booty man. I was <laughs> so mad. I'm still kind of mad because I feel like they did th- this was dumb, but okay. Uh, I got. I gotta say. On a whole, this is probably a controversial opinion. I wasn't super impressed by this pay per view.
0: No, it's not. It's not that. It's not that well regarded. Oh,
1: really? Oh, no. no. I didn't do a controversial. Yay. Yeah,
0: you know, we we did happen to skip two of the better matches on the show. <laughs> That's but fair. But even even with that included, most people are kind of like, eh.
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> to this to this show. Like, okay, I'm sure that that like when it came out, it was cool. Cause you know, the, the fact, yada, 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 but it's hard to put yourself in that when you're removed without like a lot more exciting shit going down. No. Um, but it's yeah, here we bit. are in Sturgis. Uh, a lot of people uh, on bikes. Uh, yeah. Lot-
0: for, 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 to give people idea of like what the setup was here is you have the WCW stage and they just like set up, like their, their backstage area through this like big dirt walkway. Yeah, they're outside like, again. Yeah, they're outside and nobody is sitting down because I don't think there are even chairs. And it's just like people who showed up at the rally and a bunch of people are sitting on their motorcycles. The whole yeah. Yeah. They love to rev their motorcycles in approval or disapproval. Or, or disapproval. We pin- will oh, definitely we'll get to, that. to that. Oh, yeah.
1: we're going to have a great time talking about that, my friend. Strap the fuck in.
0: Yeah. So do you want to just go in order with this one?
1: Yeah, sure. First note I have, which I think just, if we're talking about the aesthetic, right, of being at Sturgis, first note I have is, um, <clears throat> main jean <gene> and denim, <laughs>
0: yeah everyone was wearing everyone was wearing a shitload of denim tonight But mean
1: gene okerlund is in a fucking t-shirt denim like denim denim jacket jacket like sleeveless denim jacket and and like denim denim baseball cap it was and the sunglasses and the sunglasses i it's so wild because Mean Gene always wears a tuxedo, and all of a sudden he's casual Fridaying it here. And Sturd is decked out in fucking blue jeans from head to toe. Yes, baby. Yeah,
0: ever. Yeah, they, 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 they they, re- they, they had the announce team really get into the styling going on here. Because also you had Dusty Rhodes on commentary. He was in a denim jacket, top.
1: Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: match, and then denim jean shorts. Mm-hmm.
1: Dusty, and, Dusty was Dust, Dusty. One, I think, most iconic for tonight. Just yeah. in general.
0: and then uh, Tony Shavani was in denim jacket and jean and full length jeans, and he had a he had a cap, had mm-hmm. a cap on, and he had he had his his hair was flowing down. Yep and heenan was in casual for him he didn't wear denim but he wore like a more casual
1: jacket than he usually wears it kind of looked like he was in leather but maybe i'm just crazy
0: mm-hmm. a little bit uh the they open the show talking up how cool sturgis is and they they do that as like a yeah, time fillery this bit is the so entire wild. show
1: they fucking plug how cool Sternus is to be at, and yet they didn't demand a single fucking penny of comp from this event? Are you shitting me?
0: As it turns out, WCW were marks for Sturtis. As it turns out,
1: WCW were bad with finances. Whoops.
0: Yeah, so we get our intro. They're like, woo-hoo. They show, they show the wrestlers on... We're going to get a bigger segment about this later, but they show the wrestlers on their motorbikes at sturgis mm. ready to go mm. the sun is nice the sun is bright and out out and bright and by the end of the night the sun has already gone down so we kind of get to see cool different visuals of that for lighting throughout the show yes. but we start with the first mats that we skipped uh ray mysterio versus ultimate dragon
1: yep uh sad to see that not happen um uh but Ray won we saw at the very tail end, so that's mm. cool, I guess.
0: Yeah. And then we get this was our first appearance of Mean Gene. He plugs the WCW hotline.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, where you can talk team. to
0: wrestlers IRL during the show. <laughs> Yeah, I, if only we could still call that fucking. Who hotline. did? Wait, who
1: did we see on the computers? Was that that was, the that, was that? Yeah, it cuts it, it, it <laughs> to the because you could like fucking. That's IM later. That. That's a different. Oh, that's that's promo. different. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, but he punched like he. Wait, so what's the hotline then?
0: That is when you can call in and and like talk to wrestlers and get the latest rumors and scoops.
1: Wait, so you had talk to wrestlers and DM the wrestlers.
0: Yes, you can, I, okay. you can get them with IMs, or you can get them on the phones.
1: Incredible! I damn, I wish I could give that now Yeah, they literally on the on the like on the video have it like have the number plastered over with like this number is no longer in use. Very they're try, they're, sad. They're, they're trying to avoid a Squid Games phone number situation. I see. Yeah, to to date our show.
0: Hey. Anyway, uh, next, uh, our first match that we actually got to watch was Scott Norton versus Ice Train. Two beefy boys going at it.
1: Ice train wearing red inexplicably seems more like that'd make him fire train. But what do I know? Yeah,
0: Dude. Yeah, dude, dude, not living up to his gimmick here, man. Uh, Scott, but Scott Norton was staying true to form with his singlet. That is so that the straps are so far out that his, that his total pecs and nipples are completely exposed.
1: Oh, he, he wanted people he wanted to show off to those bikers, dude. I, I, he, that's a, that's a fashion statement for sure.
0: Yeah. And so the match is, I think it's all right. It's not long, but uh, the the main beat of the match, besides these are just two beefy dudes like throwing forearms at each other, is the ice train is still injured oh, from yeah. grievous attacks from scott norton and he's all taped up and norton's like i'm gonna rip the tape off and fuck up your shoulder
1: it, it happens super early too and like the way he, he's he got mm-hmm. like fucking like winter soldier bandages where it like goes yeah. over his chest and part of his arm and norton like rips him down real early so just for the rest of the match ice trains bandages are just kind of like awkwardly hanging off of him as if it's like a sweater he's only put on halfway and yeah. like and so he And he from that moment just really plays into that. Ow, my bandages slipped, trope.
0: Yeah. And it it ends when Scott Norton does an arm bar and just like directly get putting all his weight on that shoulder and that has to make Ice Train has to tap out for the sake of his own for the sake of his own health. Yep. So Scott Norton getting the big dub here.
1: Uh, yep. Heel number one win of the night. Wonder how many more we can rack up
0: a lot uh so then we get kind of the first bit of the show that like i was really kind of into was w mm-hmm. is they give rick flair a backstage promo interview yeah
1: it was really interesting the way they did it though because it wasn't like your typical backstage promo it was like you know pre-recorded sort of thing and it was him in the locker room and the way he was talking it felt more like authentic like had more of a down-to-earth less charactery feel and he was doing like you know, can WCW and NWO coexist, sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, where he's like, he's like, you know, one of us got to go, and I'm the one who's got to take down Hogan, and yada, yada. Um, and I, I also and I both kind of had the same thought at the same time like, it had the, the, the weirdly authentic feel mm-hmm. to it, made it kind of cool. Um, th- to making it making it like again doing that little thing where even though at this point we know this is kayfabe like they're still mm-hmm. trying to find little ways here and there to blur the line and make it feel a little mm-hmm. bit more real which i appreciate
0: yeah and i think a big way they do that is that like you know we you know what it, we we've done we've done enough rick flair promos on this show that you that you even if you've never seen Ric flair you probably have a decent idea what he talks like you know woo, yeah woo, baby real oh, all these women all over me Woo!
1: Yeah. And
0: Woo! Like, Ooh, yeah and like he does none of that he like talks in, in like a real normal cadence and mm-hmm. and it's all very serious and it gives all this impression that he's like okay enough of my usual bullshit here let's let's get serious for a second yep <clears throat> And as for the content of the promo, David mentioned a lot of it is d- uses some like, can WCW versus NWO coexist? It's a bit of a recap of what we've seen so far from that storyline. Uh, the thing that stood out to me was when he's talking about like how dis- grievously, a- how angry he was about the Arn Anderson attack. And he even has an interesting line of like, you know, when this NWO thing first started, I thought me and the horseman, you know, the NWO and the horseman, we could have coexisted. Until you attacked Arn Anderson,
1: <laughs> that uh, yeah, why why are we so big on bringing Arn Anderson into this?
0: Um, I think it's just a way. Of, it's he's just like one of the victims of the of the of the backstage attack, and it kind of firmly establishes this group of heels as being also against a different group of heels. Like it's it's no longer just some vague idea of like oh we must protect wCW because that's the company that we've been repping for years and that's where we work and that's this is our this is our our place and, and it's now it's personal you know like it is a, there's an individual vendetta here
1: yeah it's uh I I, I, I suppose so I just they, they've already attacked so many people it just feels funny to like zoom in on arms specifically as mm. like now this is now now this is personal. I, suppose. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's just me personally. But, you know, either way, it you know, it do, it does give Flair a reason to like really kind of sit down and have that I'm taking this seriously now voice. So, props mm-hmm. for that. It was a really cool promo and it does kind of hype you up. For whatever the hell Ric Flair versus Hogan is going to turn out to look like, yeah,
0: we'll get to that at the end. Indeed, more probably more of that. Uh, next up, we get Medusa versus Bull Nakano in the Battle oh, of yeah. the Bikes. I actually
1: got to say, after the Ric Flair promo, we get a advertisement. You would stepped away from this, but we get this advertisement for the Hog Wild official merch. And I oh, gotta say, yeah. that jean jacket looks like hot couture, dude. I <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn! It's it's a mystery to me why the NWO shirts survived and the Hog Wild jackets didn't.
0: Why? Why are we not all repping Hog Wild, Hog Wild. Jean jackets? It was oh man,
1: it's so goofy. I loved it, but yes, mm-hmm. now we get Bull Nakano versus Medusa, and oh. I love Bull Nakano so fucking much. Yeah,
0: Bull Nakano is sweet. Um. First, we get they they come out on the motorcycles.
1: <laughs> well, okay, Bull doesn't. Bull, Bull just Nican- walks out she had the good sense to not fucking humiliate herself by attempting to ride a motorcycle. now
0: she makes Sonny Ono do it.
1: Yeah, which he's just kind of dicking around with it, whatever.
0: It's painted with the Japanese flag on the on the on the on the motorcycle.
1: What's xenophobia? I haven't and, heard of that concept. And then,
0: uh, medusa comes out with her red white and blue motorcycle and just kind of very carefully rides it down oh yeah way. now clearly to be, fair, she, to be fair she rides the motorcycles in the wcw bit later so she clearly knows how
1: yeah but, but it's still very she, funny no
0: nah, she's like dragging she's dragging her feet on the ground to move this maneuver this motorcycle down yeah. the entrance
1: way which like It could have been. When I saw that she was biking in the later promo, I thought, okay, maybe she is an actual biker to some extent, and this is just like Mm -hmm. a safety precaution thing. But it's still really funny because it does clearly kind of diminish the effect that they were kind of clearly going for.
0: No, they're trying to make it sound like both of these women are like real bikers, and there's something really on the line here, and like someone's going to get their motorcycle destroyed, and like neither of them look like real bikers.
1: (laughs) Not remotely.
0: Anyway, and uh we ever get we get this match started. The ref has a comically large uh sledgehammer. Just oh, yeah. He's, he's holding on to it for when the the the, the winner will get
1: to it's smash the smash motorcycle. Yup. Yeah. Uh, it's a quality match though. Mm-hmm. Bola Nakano especially is, of course, phenomenal. It's super fun to watch how she plays. I, I said this a lot the last time we watched her. Mm-hmm. She does a really good job, even if she doesn't speak the language very well, which, according to you, right, she didn't. Too. To
0: my knowledge, she doesn't speak English. Yeah. But could be but it's wrong. really
1: cool because she the, – The that's the cool thing about wrestling. She's still really good at taking advantage of the medium, and she's a really good visual storyteller, I think. She's mm-hmm. great at conveying emotion throughout the match. Uh, it helps, too, that she has one of those sting-esque effects where her hair is gelled upward at the start of the match, and it, like, falls down as the match goes, kind of like you have part of that. Part
0: of that, was, part of that was the wind, I think. Like, the wind was catching her hair.
1: true, but it does add to that element of adding emotion to the match of we see the slow degradation of these people as they fight harder and harder. I think it adds something like Sting's makeup coming off does, has that same similar effect. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cool. And credit where credit is due, much as I'm as always annoyed by the aggressive jingoism of, of companies like this and characters like Medusa, Medusa put up a pretty good match too. There was this moment I thought was really cool where she was, under Bull, she had fallen to the uh, fall on her back to the floor, and Bull's getting up to to slam her in some form or other. And Medusa does this fucking like backwards, like kind of crab walk up onto onto her like hands and hands yeah, and, feet, and then gets herself up that way. And it was a really cool uh, uh moment that I haven't seen a whole lot of mm. in matches. So, I thought that was was a moment that really stuck out to me and was like, okay, Medusa, you're cool in my book, much as your shtick is annoying me.
0: Yeah, Medusa and Bull Nakano are both fantastic wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not not ahead of their time by American standards, certainly. Uh, And... I, I don't I'm I must have missed how this ended. I think I was looking away from my screen for the time, but I I did not fully catch how this match ended. It ended in won. a DQ
1: because it was either an interference DQ or it was a count out DQ. I can't I th- remember.
0: I think it'd be DQ from Sonny Ono interfering.
1: It had to have been because I do not, I distinctly do not there recall being a countout, and I cannot think of any other reason that there would have they would have DQ'd this match. For
0: for once, I appreciate WWE's penchant to show replays of everything, so yeah. I could have better seen what happened. But inevitably, it ends with Medusa the winner and in, and for some and sunny ono deciding to be like screw the rules i have the sledgehammer and he tries to attack medusa's bike and the rest like hey 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 give that back hold on Here's that might have been rules. that
1: might have been what got the dq in the first place honestly okay uh let me look this up real quick because this is gonna bother me mm-hmm. medusa Bull nikano hog wild um
0: i'll just continue explaining what happened from there is they got the the motorcycle is he got the sledgehammer he tries to attack destroy medusa's bike and it doesn't really work and then eventually medusa gets the sledgehammer and she gets her rightful winner attacking bull nakano's uh motorcycle and failing completely um i don't know what the issue was necessarily whether it was the sledgehammer just like i don't know if it was because medusa couldn't swing it hard enough or the motorcycle apparently you can't just smash motorcycle with a sledgehammer or she was not attacking the right points but she basically was not damaging this thing at all like she was able she knocks off like one panel at one point
1: oh this, this is how it ended is is Bull thought she got a three count on Medusa, but it was actually a two count. And so she and Sonny Ono just start prematurely celebrating and she walks out of the ring and gets counted out. Okay, that's what it was. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt.
0: Womp, me. womp, womp.
1: It was, it's such a dumb way to end this match, too. Like, why the fuck are we playing it like this?
0: That's... Because, Bull, I guess Bull Nakano wants to, doesn't want to do the job, brother.
1: But she... Th- well, that's the thing. They play it like she thinks she got the three count. But... They they don't do it's it's so stupid. Yeah like why aren't we having this be a clean win and why are we making the loss like this? It's so dumb.
0: Anyway Back to again. Medusa can't destroy the motorcycle. Oh no! And it's a whole effect. She is tries kind of tries
1: so hard. She took... like she, she successfully smashes the light on it. Sure, but then she just she just can't get a fucking she, good.
0: She is banging so hard on the front glass of the motorcycle, <laughs> and dead. that thing ain't, and that thing ain't ain't denting. That thing ain't breaking at all.
1: It was really funny too because I was thinking when I saw Sonny Ono try to take the sledgehammer to the bike that this was building heel heat, because how dare you destroy a perfectly good bike like that? But then Medusa does the same shit. Instead of the crowd going feral and being like, hey, fuck you, why would you destroy a bike like that? They're super into it, probably because it has the Japanese flag on it, which, uh, oh man, that is, boy, is that a portent of next things smash, to come Next match. We're, 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 yeah. we're almost there. We're almost there.
0: Yeah, so eventually, eventually Medusa just tips the fucking bike over. She tips it, like, it a couple I'm more done. times
1: and is like, fuck this
0: we're done so a bit of a, a a good a good match with a bit of a wet fart of a way to end
1: yeah fun fun overall though i enjoyed i enjoyed most of it but uh, and that, then that ending was, oh man here oh, we go but
0: first oh, before the match we get one more plug the wcw comp plug which david oh like, yeah we it, is we get the that comp you serve is when is the service where like you could IM profet wrestlers and during the show and talk to them and they got the Steiners back there and they look like they've never seen a computer before and they don't know how it works. They're just both just like tap tap poking buttons at a time and fucking rick steiner is like making airplane noises. he's going i don't know if he thinks he's like doing an airplane i don't know if he thinks he's growling like a dog i don't know what he's doing but he's he's
1: just typing the fuck away his hands are going nuts it's like smashing the keyboard
0: but it was pretty funny. Uh W there are some funny WWF ones of the sim that look similarly stupid of this as well in the nineties. Uh, you know, this was they were they were really trying to get catch on that 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 new computer tech internet technology.
1: Yeah. Yup. It was it was a it was a fucking great moment, I think. I love that image of mm. like dumb beefy boys trying to computer. I will say probably an accurate representation of how like cool and functional that service was in practice.
0: Yeah. Then there is a thirty minute uh Ben Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko match. Uh Benoit and wins and not that's watch. all we know about.
1: That's it. Nope. That mm, don't know anything. And now here
0: at the glorious yes. hour fifteen minutes into oh, the show. Oh yeah, we baby. Get Harlem Heat versus so the Steiner excited. Brothers for the WCW Tag Team Championship. Now, now.
1: Dear, 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 dear viewers, dear viewers, dear listeners, we need you to understand something, is that up until this point in the show, the crowd's like, they're they're alright, they're having an okay time, but it's not not, not like,
0: really that loud, but yeah, you they're know. not
1: they're not super they're not super nuts right now. They're just kinda they're just kind of vibing. Um yeah. when Medusa went to destroy Nakano's bike. That got a bit more of a pop, and it's like, huh, interesting. Thought they wouldn't be into that. But oh boy, does oh, it make sense now? Oh Ooh. boy. So, Steiners come out first, right?
0: Right, yeah, because they're the challengers. They come yes. out first. And the crowd's like, oh yeah, Steiners. And then the champions, Harlem Heat, comes out. And and I, Heat. As a reminder to you all, Harlem Heat are black. Yep. And holy shit. Two.
1: Oh my god, oh, that the crowd, crowd did not so like them very much. They flip their lids booing the Harlem Heat and I'm just sitting I see this and here's here here, here, here's here's the thing too because this is just between how this played out and between kind of Austin's and my knockout-ish versus noobishness ways of viewing this Mm. it was just a beautiful moment because I've seen the crowd pop off disproportionately against the Harlem Heat and I'm sitting here thinking hmm I wonder why this crowd of mostly white bikers in South Carolina are booing the South Dakota. Jesus, even worse, in South Dakota are booing the two distinguished black gentlemen that make up the tag team Harlem Heat. Hmm. And I voice that to Austin, and Austin tells me, Oh yeah, no, this match is infamous for how deeply racist the crowd is toward the Harlem Heat.
0: I'll say from my perspective of it is I hear you hear this kind of thing. You, you've heard I've heard this story before, but I've never watched this match before. And so I go into it with that idea in mind. But like, I'll be on like, I was afraid that maybe it was a maybe it was maybe it was overblown. Maybe I'll come off like a big old filthy SJW for bringing this up on this show. But holy shit. Oh, no. no. They were racing. <laughs> they were really going hard at the Harlem Heat. This was so bad. So they're booing real hard. I mentioned earlier they rev their motorcycles constantly. Mm. Holy shit. They were revving them bikes out they there were... on the show. The fucking Booker
1: T would breathe and it'd be... <laughs>
0: okay. Listen, a couple of people (laughs) threw up Confederate flags in the the, crowd when the Harlem Heat was on.
1: We were watching. There was a fucking dude in like the back left corner throws up a Confederate flag whenever the camera panned to them. It was like, what the fuck? I was like, man, this is
0: this is not subtle. This is there's no other way to interpret this.
1: And the crowd
0: this is the most animated. The in, the crowd gets the entire, the entire show. Okay,
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, but it's up there. It's up there with the grudge match and the main event, certainly. And it's disproportionate as shit. And hmm, boy, I like, wonder why
0: Moses. They, oh, the Steiners Lord. have never been more popular for the <laughs> This match, they, Anytime the Steiners did anything, this crowd was all in. They, they were so
1: happy to watch. The the Steiners just be like, just, just, just hurt the Harlem Heat. But oh no, the Harlem Heat gets the dub and the crowd ain't too pleased about that.
0: Yeah, the crowd, after the Harlem Heat win, the crowd start throwing trash in the ring. Yeah, they, wait. which keep in mind, we, dear we viewers, we have about, not... We, we talked about this a couple of times, to- a, a couple episodes ago with like how big a deal it was when Hogan turned fucking heel for the first time in a decade, people threw trash at him. Yeah, like, like they're like, doing
1: this... Hogan Hogan being the third man was the first time in the entire, like, over 40 episodes of this show we've done where we've seen the crowd throw trash in the ring because they were just that pissed off. Because, of course, Hulk Hogan has turned heel, That's a big deal. And, and, everyone, and everyone's, like, disgusted by this fact. So, of course, they're going to, like, chuck trash in the ring. No, we're just casually throwing trash because Harlem Heat beat fucking... Oh, the Stire Brothers. No. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. And uh, a quick shout out to the other to the Harlem Heat managers here is like (laughs) poor Robert Parker. Uh, I know he dresses like a plantation owner, but man, he dude did not seem like he knew what to do with this reaction.
1: He he looked he looked like a deer in the headlights. Sherry was just kind of there. Shout out to Sherry. If we're talking about hot couture, shout out to Sherry's fucking like pantsuit with a back window.
0: Yes. She comes out with his pantsuit. And,
1: and a, you see it from the front. entire back window. And you see it from the front the most time. I was like, okay, Sherry's wearing a back suit or a pantsuit. Sure. And then like toward the end, she fucking turns around. And I'm like, there's a giant asshole in it. What?
0: Well, I noticed it when um, Booker T was jaw jacking at the crowd and made it seem like he was going to go fight somebody in the crowd. And Sherry <laughs> pulled him back.
1: Oh, no. It was so good. Okay, the match was great, but the was. deep racism of the crowd was just fucking disturbing. That is, the whole time. it was
0: absolutely. The- oh, and like naturally, these re- these wrestlers are professionals, pal. Which means that Harlem made that, but ma- Bo- Harlem Heat Booker T especially made sure to rile the crowd up some more. Oh my like, god! Was and the Steiner's played. The, the, leaned the in
1: too. leaned God damn it. Mm
0: hmm. But yeah, uh, the match itself was really fun. It was a fun one. The book Harlem Heat and the Steiners got great chemistry with each other. Their matches are always hard-hitting, fun wrestling affairs. And but like, it's so hard to remember almost anything that happens in this match because. (laughs) Oh
1: god, it's so funny, but it's so fucking horrible. Yeah. So oh, as God. we mentioned,
0: Harlem Heat wins because of some <laughs> insane cheating shenanigans, like I mentioned in the front half. So what happens is they got the star I think I think Scott Steiner was in the corner. They got him in the corner. Robert Parker tries to throw white powder and like I think it's like baby powder yeah, in know. Steiner's face. He missed it. Steiner ducks, and he hits Booker T in the face with the powder. But then Sherry Martel pops up. She has powder, and then she hits Steiner, and then that leads to uh, and that leads to Booker T getting the pin.
1: I know. Steiner I know. They they, they botch the powders. They just do it again. They're like, ah, yeah, yeah, let's give it a second. Yeah, whatever. As, <laughs> long, as long as we win. Is it bad? This is the match I kind of have the most to say.
0: No, because it's absolutely one of, like, the most significantly remembered matches on this show. The other one is probably Benoit and Malenko, both for being that good and also because the crowd gave literally zero shits about it.
1: The fact that those are the most remembered matches on this show just, oh, it hurts. We really really keep doing these angles that just kind of end on, like vaguely disappointing notes.
0: Well, I will say that the moment at the end of the main event which we'll get to is yeah. probably the most famous thing for out of this show because that thing carries over for the like next couple of years. Oh,
1: okay, fair. But
0: but like in terms of like the matches that happen on this show, it's the Benoit and Malenko put on a classic in front of dead silence, and <laughs> and the crowd got really really mad at the Harlem Heat.
1: Yeah, it makes it even funnier that the fucking Benoit and Malenko match, which was I'm sure technically very phenomenal, just got met with zero popping whatsoever. Yeah, uh, this is not a sturgist,
0: yeah. This this crowd is not does not appreciate the finer points of technical professionals Wrestling, or
1: maybe they're all just psychics who knew what would end up happening with Benoit. Who knows? Anyway, it's
0: probably the former, to be it's honest. Probably but the you former, know.
1: but you never know.
0: Yeah. So Harlem Heat get the win. What a what a shit show.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh I, Christ. I, I'm
0: glad I can say that I've seen it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It certainly feels like a big part of wrestling history.
0: Yeah. Anywho, it, it's it's honest, it's absolutely one of the two, like probably two or three most famous things that ever happened on this pay per view, like this series, the, the hog scary. wild shows, uh, probably up there with like the Jay Leno match, and I think the yes Jay Leno gets in a match. We're not getting there tonight. Thank you. It happens. At, at, the, at the fucking Hogwild, and i think this i think i think when carl malone gets in the ring like the basketball player i'm pretty sure this was carl, also Hogwild, keep dragging but...
1: randos into into the wrestling ring why not whatever dennis
0: dennis rodman wrestled that match too of course uh, anywho moving on to hog wild 96
1: yeah back, back so, to the main event baby
0: back to that This is when we get the moment that, like, I told David, I was super excited to watch. Because, as a reminder, it's like I time through all these shows before we get to watch them. So I know what we're going to skip and what we're not. Mm -hmm. So when when I put this down on the time card, I was very excited to get to watch it in full. It is the WCW at Sturgis video package. Where oh yeah! They they start at the Mall of America in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and <laughs> all the WCW wrestlers plus and Eric off. Bischoff yep. pile onto their motorcycles and they fucking motorcycle to
1: Sturgis. It's so stupid. It's, it's so stupid. silly. <laughs> And
0: it looks like every motorcycle like every motorcycle shot riding shot that has ever existed in a movie
1: and it, literally they just combine every single possible cinematography you can do with a motorcycle and just fucking chuck it into this problem. oh
0: yeah you get and everyone's got the finest styles a bunch of them are either wearing jean jackets or mm. are just shirtless yep. <laughs> riding their motorcycles down the highway
1: it's uh, off,
0: yeah, and looking so
1: By the way, it's only faces, so I guess all the heels oh, yeah, are, it's, like, it's, like drive drive a van or something.
0: Uh, there was a couple of heels because you have Mongo McMichael, who's oh Mongo, yeah, dude, Mon- Mongo. Not only was he in the in the denim, he dressed up his dog Pepe in the denim, <laughs> and they showed him showed oh, Pepe on camera.
1: My oh my God, yeah, but th- I mean, that like, that's really, this really. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: I was you got Sting. They had the Steiners. They had Mongo McMichael. There was Bischoff. I mean, there was more, but I don't, I don't remember them. But oh, the Big Bubba that, Rogers, who was oh, also yeah. he, he was there. The fact that it Bischoff was all the motorcycle leading. enthusiasts, but it's, it's on the fact the that Bischoff
1: was leading the pack just proves what a fucking like Adam Sandler tier vanity trip this was. Like, like, yeah, let's have a pay per view at my at the home of like my big other hobby and let's not demand a single fucking penny of extra restitution even though it's five a financial fuck a financially ruinous decision to make when comes to running a pay-per-view like this jesus christ you moron
0: (sighs) good times were had I, sh- uh, I, should, I should listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast about really? and see if he answers that question. Except uh, I don't want to because Eric Bischoff is an expert at not taking credit for anything he could be construed as being wrong
1: about. So I kind of don't want right to listen to him Bischoff. about it. That sounds about right.
0: Anyway, the next match is Ric Flair versus Eddie Guerrero for the U.S. title. I'll good. be honest, kind of big surprise that like, I, I kind of expected the crowd to be more into Ric Flair as is like, Hey, we know who that guy is, but they kind of, in the same way they are like that with Hogan later, but they yeah. kind of just don't really react to him.
1: I get the feeling this isn't a crowd of like particular wrestling enthusiasts. They just have like mm-hmm. broad cultural osmosis knowledge of what's going on.
0: Yeah. It seems it, it seems that way based on what they react to.
1: Yeah, but just to
0: say, in terms of outside of racial divide, it's pretty much just Hogan. Nothing.
1: It's yeah, it's and Hogan and Hogan at the end. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Flair versus Guerrero. It's it's a, it's a pretty good match. I don't got much to say about this one, but it mm-hmm. is cool to see these two titans like meet in ring because they're both like
0: yeah, big really famous good boys. and yeah, they're, they're both really yeah, wrestlers. Great. It's is getting to see like Eddie Guerrero pre prime and rick flair at the What's end guerrero of his prime pre-prime? yeah eddie guerrero this is yeah pre this is pre- a couple of years before his prime eddie Fair guerrero enough, right? sure unless you want unless you want to argue his prime is when he was wwe champion in which case he kind of just died in his prime Fair uh enough, so sure. kind of up to you but either way this is before eddie guerrero becomes like a big star yep. so th- it's kind of, it's pretty neat uh i I, t- I made this joke with david i laughed is it like when flair comes out with woman and and uh miss elizabeth he has them like turn around to show their rears oh yeah and but uh woman's outfit involves her wearing like a large like jacket, like with coattails, jack coattails, which was looks sweet. But so like when she turns around, the coattails are covering her ass. So she's not really showing anything. You <laughs> know what? I
1: I, app- I appreciate it. Any little bouts of dignity we can get for woman and or Miss Elizabeth are hugely appreciated in my book.
0: Yeah. Elizabeth is just wearing like a straight up leather dress. dress I mean, style. it's yeah, it's
1: it's heel Elizabeth. It's about what you'd expect. Mm.
0: Yeah, but anyway, the match is is pretty good. It ends with something I've. N- I, it's pretty cool to me because I'm not. I've never really really seen the spot work this way. So, Ric Flair had Eddie Guerrero in the figure four, and while they did that, woman ran over and grabbed Ric Flair's oh, yeah. arms yeah. and pulled him down and to keep him locked in, and so he and that and that allowed him to basically get a pin on Eddie Guerrero.
1: It was a really cool moment. Uh and kind of zooming out a little bit, uh, something else I I got a kick out of in this, and from what you told me is just kind of his general style. Ric Flair's like really playing kinda of like three stoogesy in this match. Like he does oh, a yeah, bit he, he, uh, he like he like knees Eddie Guerrero in the crotch and then like pokes him in the eyes like No, it times. goes the other
0: way around. He oh. does this bit he does a bit where he like does like an eye poke one, two, three times in a row and then kicks him in the balls. <laughs>
1: pg-13 three stooges um yeah it, and, it was it, he, he, I, I did appreciate that moment it was it was a yeah, fun one
0: yeah david also got some flare flopping which i guess he'd never really noticed before when rick flair like he got hit in the corner by eddie and then he walks he stumbles around back to the middle of the ring and then and then falls and then he away.
1: fucking drops. like it's a it's it's an easy 15 second delay he just like it looks like he's stable then he just it's, it's, it's that man is a cartoon character. Uh, he is. Oh man, the Pepe Le Pew of WCW. Blech. <laughs> good
0: time. Good times were oh, had. But yeah, uh, Rick Flair. Rick Flair wins. Woo yeah. He is still the champ. Then yeah. we get an inter- We get the uh, interview with Mean Gene Okerlund, the only interview he gets to conduct tonight, actually, mm-hmm. uh, with Jimmy Hart and the Giant.
1: Yeah, and the. <laughs> The giant is is Hulk Hogan ruined my childhood posting.
0: Which, uh, excuse you, I I looked up I looked mm-hmm. this up. Uh, Paul White, the giant, was born in 1972. If we decide to be chair, if we decide to be charitable and say that he got on the Hulkamania train as soon as Hulk Hogan became the WWF champion, he would have been 12 years old. Hulk Hogan's peak, he was a preteen to teenager. <laughs>
1: Yep. No, Hulk Hogan was, was a huge childhood influence on me and I can't believe that he's betrayed me like that. When you told those kids to shove it, you were telling that to me. It, yeah. Giant is the the point is Giant is real mad and mm-hmm. we're not going to pay too much attention to the logistics of like how old he actually was when to to, to, to like get influenced by Hulk Hogan.
0: Like, that listen. Is- according, you- accor- listen. According to our truth, John Cena is one of his childhood idols. So what? you know. Okay. Don't okay. Think about
1: it. To be fair, though, at least with our truth, you can see that being a purposefully ridiculous statement because every single fucking thing our truth does is purposefully deeply ridiculous. Yeah. Except yeah, that one And yeah, yeah, they yeah. decided to pair him up with the Miz and take him way too seriously. Grumble, grumble. We're not here to rant about Summer of Punk anymore. Um yes. uh, any, anyway, yeah. The the point is that that Giant's real man. He's definitely going to kick Hulk Hogan's ass tonight.
0: Yep. Uh the the title will stay safely stay around his waist. I'm feeling very. Confident. It's it's really
1: that's wild. Right. Like we've talked about this before, but it is wild to see like guys who were just such huge heels become de facto faces against yeah, that's... the NWO.
0: Yeah, that's one hundred percent what the giant did because the dungeon giant, of doom is still Flair too. Yeah, Flair. the dungeon is still heals. The dungeon of doom are still technically heals. The giant is still doing everything he did as a heel, but because he's fighting the evil Hollywood Hulk Hogan, he's the babyface now.
1: Yeah, this is this is like th- this is one of those like the the heroes and the villains encounter something even greater a threat than them, so they all have to make they all have to come together. Brother, yep. Uh, Yeah. Then we get our
0: semi. The semi main. By now, the sun has completely went down. It was the sun was gone down a lot by during Flair and Eddie, Mm -hmm. and by the time the Outsiders and Sting and Luger start, yeah, it is complete. It is dark. The sun is set. It is dark in Stardust, and it's a really cool contrast, by the way.
1: Yeah. It's it's I mean it's it's perfect timing too. Like again, mm-hmm. kind of what I was saying with the uh, the full moon in the in the Disney episode was you you can't pay for this kind of production value. It's so like perfect that the sun was fully down for the final two like big matches of the night. The NWO mm-hmm. match thing as the, when the
0: NWO arrived, years. darkness fell when the NWO came out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we get we get the entrances of the NWO, entrances of Sting and Luger, and uh, it's a it's it's a it's a pretty darn good match between the mm-hmm. between the four of them. Um, there's not like it. I was expecting like in some form or other more shenanigans than we ended up getting, um, mm-hmm. but.
0: It does it, it it goes pretty straightforward but then again yeah. I, suppo- I suppose I may- suppose maybe they didn't need more shenanigans because they had the ref on their side so let's go ahead and talk about the shenanigan of the match is so about at the end of the match before we zoom back out and talk more is that they is that we get uh, Hall <coughs> Scott Hall and Lex Luger in the ring. Uh, Kevin Nash and Sting are on the outside and they are they try they set up this cool double visual where so they put Sting cool. they put Sting and Nash facing the hard cam and Sting has got Nash in the Scorpion Death Drop uh, not Scorpion Death Lock excuse me yep. and Lu, and their licks Luger's trying to get Scott Hall in the torture rack
1: Yep. Yeah, and it's really cool too because the way it's set up is they're both facing they're both dead center, one directly above the other, one in ring one on the floor. and it's just this great kind of visual that brings the mm-hmm. that brings this whole grudge match together. I really like that just just that little moment was a really cool thing to look at.
0: Yeah. But then uh, in trying to get uh, Hall up in this in the torture rack, he accidentally knocks over the referee Nick Patrick who spends the rest of the match uh, feigning an eye eye injury. He can barely see. And then what he ends up doing is while he can barely see, he falls down. He forearms (laughs) Lex Luger in the thigh.
1: Oh my God.
0: And and then uh, that knocks Luger over and Hall gets the pin. And uh, Nick Patrick goes one, two, three, a little bit quicker, a little fast. Yeah, usual, you might say.
1: It 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 was funny too because like at the beginning of the match, like it looks like Nick Patrick is not fucking around. Like mm-hmm. he he is not letting anyone get away with anything. He's making sure the the tags are clean between both mm-hmm. teams. And then all of a sudden he's playing partial judge. So I guess Nick Patrick is in the pocket of the N.W. Maybe Nick Patrick is the fourth man.
0: Whoa! Oh yeah i suppose i don't i don't think it's worth trying to preserve the spoilers of this aspect of it but yes we're about to do a very long form storyline on nick patrick being in the nwo's pocket wait
1: nick patrick is the fourth man that's the reveal
0: no nah, he's not the fourth man okay. but he is he is a crooked referee a little like the danny davis, danny davis! Hey, hey
1: so many and, fucking parallels
0: and to be honest, I had no idea that they planted the seeds for the for the Nick Patrick heel turn this early.
1: I gotta say, I didn't even notice until you were talking about it like this. I thought it was legit. Like he, like he got his eyes accidentally hurt, and he was just selling the fuck out of it. I didn't re- I didn't mm-hmm. notice the fact that he was like using it to be in favor of the NWO. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's the thing. Is if for this match, he's trying, he's playing. Uh, you know, um uh plausible deniability mm-hmm. but, oh he was he was hurt he was he could barely see yeah he didn't he, he didn't know that lex luger's ar- leg was there for yeah. him to forearm
1: yep yeah no so they play i, I guess they play it off well because you have you have the foresight to know that this is the beginning of a thing so mm-hmm. the fact that they kept it shielded i think is a cool little uh a cool little touch and the fact that they'll yeah. play a long form with it okay sure i'll grant that
0: Hmm. But uh, the Outsiders get the win this way.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, also, a note, uh, while on commentary. Uh, b- uh, b- oh, I, I, I forgot. Mean, I almost yep. forgot about this. Brain, yeah, Brain is letting his mask slip a little bit because he keeps, like, accidentally uh, rooting for the Outsiders. And yeah. and uh, Dusty Rhodes is like, hey, yo, what are you doing over
0: there? Hey, well, then. You, you, are you the fourth man? Are you a traitor? Uh, uh,
1: they, they, they say you can't trust anyone. Can we trust you?
0: Which was he, yeah. But, he, yeah, he'll do things like when Sting and Hall were both kind of, like, trying to run for the tag. He'd be like, Hall's really got to get a tagger." I mean, uh, Sting. I mean, um,
1: mm, mm There's a great moment where, like, Hall pulls I, – I can't remember. I think it was Hall pulls Luger to the corner. And mm-hmm. Brain yells out, come on, Hall! And and I think Shivani calls him out. Uh, and and he's like, and he's oh, like what, what did you no, say? I mean, c- c- I mean, come on. Like, c- come on. Don't do that.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> –
1: which he, which
0: Heenan he tries really hard to act like he's not in in the in the in for Hall and Nash.
1: The he, which, man, he can't help but go in for the which is, oh man, ultimate disappointment for me, which means he's ultimately gonna be pulling for Hulk Hogan. He's betraying his principles. And I don't a, like it.
0: Like, it's a very interesting idea, you know, is that he is the consummate hates all, hates, loves all the heels. And, like, Mm -hmm. not, you, but you get the heels that are trying to take, uh, trying to destroy the company he works for, first of all. And the heel is the man he spent 15 years saying is a liar and a cheat.
1: Yup. So now he is a liar and a cheat, and he's totally here for it.
0: Yeah, so... I'm it's, starting to
1: think f- his defenses of Andre the Giant uh, leading up to WrestleMania 2 weren't that sincere.
0: Uh, now, hold on. Oh, Are man. you suggesting Bobby <laughs> the Brain is anything if but sincere?
1: No, I, I look, I wouldn't dare to fully accuse commentator daddy of such a horrendous thing. But, it, you know, it, it is starting to concern me a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I think it makes for an interesting kind of character dynamic because mm-hmm. it 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 asks for like care it asks for like character consistency and yep. a seeming uh, uh two sides that are seemingly in 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 uh, in um incompatible. But I I like the I like the idea at least of I think it'd be great if he and like still cheered the NWO but not Hogan. Like Hogan specifically, yeah. he still hates that guy. Damn!
1: Yep. I wish one can hope, right?
0: We'll have to see, won't we?
1: We, yeah.
0: How they play it, but it's fun for this match. As if, as you say, it's as if like his mask is falling off, and Heenan can't help but go back to cheering for the bad guys.
1: Yeah, like, and it's fu- spent, it's really he funny spent to watch.
0: Too long, long he spent too long trying to cheer for Sting, and it's and it's messing up his head.
1: Yeah, he's like, I can't do this anymore, man.
0: <laughs> I, I, I can't be on his it's, side.
1: Uh, uh, he's starting to twitch. He needs his he needs he's, his fix.
0: Yeah. So the outsiders get the dub. Of and then we get to our main everywhere. event. Yeah, he'll win. He'll win tonight. Wins Let me count this up board. a little except bit. Except
1: for here. except for Medusa.
0: Oh, uh, let's see. Mysterio won, he's a face Okay, Mysterio. Uh uh,
1: uh,
0: it's, uh Norton won, he's a heel. Uh Medusa one, she's the face. Benoit and Malingo are both kind of heels. So but so Benoit won So
1: so two so two heel win or two face wins for the entire pay-per-view. Woof.
0: Yeah, because then Steiner's win, uh excuse me, Harlem Heat win, they're the heels. Yep. Uh Flair wins, Blair he's wins. the heel. Uh Outsiders win, he's there, they're the heels. And then, so, bum, and then bum, our bum, main bum, event, bum. Which, uh Bruce Buffer really going hard tonight with his intro. Like he, oh, his real
1: his real name's or his his stage name is Bruce. I looked him up because I'm like shit. It's this guy, and I don't I want to like remember yeah, what his Buffer. name is. Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. Because his his, his real name is Michael apparently, but yeah, Bruce Buffer. Pardon me. Um, oh no, it
0: is Michael. Oh, it is Michael Buffer then. Who? Okay. who's Bruce? But what is? Yeah, okay, Michael Buffer. That's it.
1: Michael Buffer is back. Uh, he's back, baby, and uh, because of course the big match is happening, so we got to get him to announce. And it is kind of a cool.
0: Oh, there is also an announcer named Bruce Buffer. That's my confusion, is that he is the half brother of Michael Buffer, and they're both uh, and they're both fight announcers. As you do. So that explains my confusion, and Michael Buffer though is the one who does WCW shows. Makes sense. Continue.
1: Uh, but yeah, so kind of a cool little bookend that we got Buffer there for the. Uh, Bash at the Beach match that ended up being the reveal of Hulk Hogan as the third man, and now we're here mm-hmm. for the culmination of this first part of the story, where Hogan is facing off for the title against Giant. Mm-hmm. So let's get ready to rumble.
0: That'll be. Uh, we now owe Michael Buffer like for copyright.
1: See the here's here's the thing I have to ad- here's the thing I like have to admit to is the way I looked him up was. was I followed a like. I, I followed a realization I had, and I looked up the fucking Dumbo remake from Disney because I. Oh re-
0: yeah, the, he goes. He let's, does get the, let's get ready for Dumbo. for Dumbo. And I and I was thinking.
1: I was thinking. Yeah, hey, is that actually him? It Please is. don't tell me. And that it is, was actually that is, him. that
0: is Michael Buffer. So
1: I now just can't unhear. Let's get ready for Dumbo. Oh. <laughs> anyway.
0: We're so, not here to talk about bad Disney live-action movies. No, we're here to talk a about spin-off.
1: bad now, wrestling.
0: <laughs> yes. He uh, he does his bit. I made fun of him because he does for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching at home. This is on pay-per-view, it's Michael. Million. A million people did not order yep. this show.
1: If a million people ordered this show, WCW would have been in much better financial straits. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So, we have main event uh hulk hogan comes out first uh i liked buffer being like he was one he once stood for all that is good and righteous but now he is the man in the in the lead of the nw of uh, the new world order of wrestling Yep. and then here comes the giant oh 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 we should talk about hulk hogan's attire for a second oh yeah uh, he's hogan gone he's gone his, full his... hollywood hulk yeah, so he's got, a Holly, got the Hollywood bandana on, he's all black, and his t-shirt, it says NWO on the front, not in the logo. has a Terminator on the front, and on the back, it says, if you think I'm bad, you ain't, uh, wait, what does it say again? Okay, it's like,
1: um, if you, you haven't seen bad yet, but it's coming, or something Yes, like that. you
0: haven't seen bad yet, but it's coming. Which is
1: so stupid.
0: It's also not Austin noted line.
1: a little bit a little bit of stubble on the chin he's he's yeah working he's let, his skunk he's, beard. He's,
0: yeah his skunk beard is coming in his five o'clock shadow coming yep. in here uh then the giant comes out and then the match starts and also boy.
1: Well, well while we're talking about the entrances again shout out to the fact that hogan gets way more of a pop than the giant does the audience is like super into seeing hogan and the audience like sees the giant they're like who the fuck are you
0: yeah, the, the audience, the crowd at Sturgis cheered Hogan the whole
1: time. Wait, the, the crowd at Sturgis confuses the shit out of me because the, we were talking about the fact that the Hollywood Hulk shorthand is like, oh, he's sold out. That's why he's Hollywood Hulk now. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he's no longer the friend of the working class. Everybody boo this man. But they're just like happy to see him again because there's there's. Cultural osmosis, I guess, that tells him he's cool. But at the end, it, skipping to the end for a second, spoiler alert: Hogan wins. Surprise, surprise! They throw trash in the ring again. So, what the what fucking side are you on, audience?
0: It's as if it's as if they all they didn't know Hogan was heel yet, and so they think this is the heel turn. <laughs> so oh like, hey, You know what? maybe I'm that's it. it?
1: That that might be it. But oh god, whatever. It's weird, weird. Whatever. But yeah, we get to we get to the match, and I'm just gonna Ooh. say it. This match kinda makes Hogan look like a bitch.
0: Yep. Um I, I got uh to I gotta quote I gotta describe this match. I'm gonna quote a, a musical classic from Fog Hat. Okay. Slow ride Take it easy!
1: (laughs) Okay, that's. I'm glad you validated that, because I was thinking that, and this is one of those times where I'm trying to catch my own noobishness and be like, I don't find this match particularly exciting, but Mm -hmm. it does have a lot of, like, holds and attempts at submission, so maybe this is just me trying to, like, me not having visceral feelings about the thing and confusing that for this isn't a good match and this is a slow match or whatever. But the fact that you agree with that makes me feel a lot better about my feelings Mm -hmm. about this.
0: Yeah. I would hate to come across like a filthy modern fan who's all about the work rate and can't like any mats without 70 flips in it. But God... This match was slow and
1: boring. Well, because I was thinking about it, and I feel like there's a way you can do this match in this similar way that's 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 more gripping. But you need Hogan to fucking sell better and not like a complete goofball. Yeah, Giant Giant does do a good job ass. on his on his end, but you need you need something to make it feel more engaging. And they never really achieve that. They no, they, they don't they don't play the storytelling well enough to justify how slow this match moves.
0: Now this is a match that never gets out of first gear.
1: Mm-mm, no, and <laughs> like, it starts because it starts off with Hogan like uh, basically attempting to bail on the match, and he starts getting counted. Like he he walks out of the ring. And he like starts to walk down the ramp back toward the entrance. He does
0: that. Uh, you know what? screw this match thing and it's like one the match just started bro. yeah Two, but this is a world title match why are you This is supposed this to now? be your big
1: moment and this is the thing you're taunting about like oh yeah i have a match with the giant coming up and he, you know he's supposed to be like you know no big deal for you whatever but he just he seems kind of like he doesn't fucking want to be there and he starts getting counted out then he randomly decides to rejoin the match and he starts to run back to the ring but then he kind of stops and makes it a walk yeah he,
0: he makes it he All makes right. it look like he's trying to sneak back into the ring but it doesn't work and so it just feels because the plain. giant
1: is clearly facing him the whole goddamn time so it makes mm-hmm. hogan come across as goddamn incompetent
0: right and then and then if we have a few bits where it's like hogan doesn't move on uh, uh the giant counters the move and then Hogan runs out of the ring.
1: Yeah, he catches catches it, reverses it, drops him and then Hogan just leaves the ring yeah. again. What why we do this
0: for a while.
1: Like it, it could they could do it as Hogan's playing the long game, but they don't fucking build up to that in any meaningful mm. capacity. No, they not could really. do it they they could do it as as Hogan playing like playing it as a taunting move against the giant, but they don't play it that way. It just feels like he's disinterested, and scared to actually face mm-hmm. the guy. And it's like, why are you acting like such a little bitch? You're supposed to be big, scary, heel Hogan now. They, the,
0: they play it like what is the stereotypical cowardly heel way to wrestle.
1: But like you can't do that with this match.
0: That's... That you can't. And you should probably... I, I feel like you probably don't need to do that with Hulk Hogan. Because, you especially
1: like, can't and don't need to do that with Hulk Hogan.
0: hmm But anyway eventually the match all kind of gets started and they do a good old-fashioned test of strength spot
1: yeah and it's a good like two three minutes of just hogan having giant on his knees and they just kind of stay there and it's like yeah
0: right. okay like, i made fun station. of I, I, I made fun of this one with david but like it's like nor a lot of like the, the test of strength is great because then you don't even have to do anything to make it to pretend like something's happening like it's one of if you notice is when they do stuff like a headlock or a submission move. A lot of the way they sell it is to act like movement movement is happening, mm-hmm. as a way to compensate for the fact that like nothing is dangerous is happening right now. Yeah, like test drink. They don't even do that. N- none of them are like shaking or act- they don't act like they're exerting any energy for this. Yeah, they they it's like they're just holding hands.
1: Yeah, even giant looks bored
0: yeah like it's and eventually hogan he they reverse it and hogan and a giant gets hogan down on his knees yeah, yeah. That, 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 that. it's not
1: very interesting it's not great i was looking forward to this match and it's just a giant fucking letdown
0: mm-hmm and then I don't remember if they did anything between this and the ending stuff, then it blanked from my mind. Yeah. So that says no, a lot. nothing to
1: stand out here. What yeah. a fucking
0: But eventually, the match, the, the the moment it starts getting a little bit exciting is when Hogan has got Hon, Giant on his knees and he starts punching him. And Ho, and and the Giant, I keep wanting to call him Andre. Oh, and yeah. Like, uh, you know, no. The Giant, he starts hulking up. Like Hogan yeah. used to do, he's he's doing the
1: shaking thing. That was cool. That
0: was cool, and he does the finger point you and yep. Hogan, and Hogan's like, "Whoa, man!"
1: Yeah, he he he, he, he plays going he... through the bits. He's doing yeah. the Hogan bits. Yeah, that's a cool moment. We should have had more of that in this. We should have we should have gotten so much more of a culmination of what this was supposed to represent Mm -hmm. of Hogan is solidified heel. Let's throw everything he used to be in his face and watch Mm -hmm. him unrepentantly stare coldly at it and still drop you in his evil way anyway. Uh, Yeah. But they, they, they reserve it to this one thing and it's a great moment and it does sell Mm -hmm. the whole giant being. I, Hogan was a, childhood hero in the heaviest fucking air quotes possible of mine it sells it pretty well uh and we do get a great moment of him hulking up and he comes for hogan and but but like that that's the most of this we get yeah that's the most
0: interesting part so it's
1: great but it's disappointing that Mm -hmm. that's like the the the, the maximum of, of that
0: yeah, so he gets the big he gets the big boot the Hogan big boot onto Hogan, mm-hmm. and as he's setting him up for the choke slam to end this, here comes Hall and, Hall
1: Nash. and Nash. Although
0: Going to do some shenanigans,
1: they do it. They do kind of a cool thing where Hall comes into the ring first. Giant turns around, catches him, choke slams. Kevin Nash mm-hmm. then comes up while while Giant's trying to put Na- or Hall down. And does the slowest and, creep up on the giant ever having stolen oh, Jimmy yeah. Hart's megaphone is gonna like clobber him over there. Yeah, I I, I, I appreciate
0: space. this. I appreciate the like fake out of how that was gonna play out before we got to the real bit. But also, yeah, Hall Nash could not have possibly moved slower mm-hmm. to get into the ring and try to attack the giant. Yep. But then giant chokes lands him, and then Hogan runs in with the world title belt. Hits the giant in the face. And reminder, that's all he does.
1: Yeah, not a very convincing hit, by the way. It doesn't look that hard.
0: Mm -hmm. Clearly, Paul comes there. Yeah, he pins the giant, and Hogan is the world champion.
1: Yeah, foregone conclusion, yay.
0: And then, but don't worry, there's still like 10 minutes left on this show. Oh, yeah, yeah. So let's get to the big ending bit. So first, out comes... The, the Booty, booty man. man wearing a
1: fucking NWO shirt. And I he just wears the exact same shirt that
0: Hogan part? had.
1: Um, he has the
0: same shirt that Hogan exact had.
1: Exact same. And there's a birthday cake that's being yeah, carried by like two pages.
0: This is a good thing I, I brought up the, the Hulk Hogan mentioning his birthday bit yep. from the Nitro because that was the callback to that. But yeah, like David is losing his goddamn mind at the thought <laughs> that the Booty Man is the fourth man. <laughs>
1: oh i still have a bit of a rant about this but but let's 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 go on let's let's let's, let's I'll, say I'll, let's finish I'll, out i'll the do, I'll do it in the wrap up yeah
0: okay so he gets in the ring they got this birthday cake a comically large candle or what we think is a candle anyway they stick it in the cake and yeah. they get in the ring and the booty man starts being like congratulating Hogan and talking about Hogan has been his best friend for 22 years, man. And just good NWO, man. Like he's all the Booty Man's all in on this shit. And yep. mean with meanwhile Nash is like keeps placing the cake all over the place as if he's setting up for a bit with the cake. Yep. That they never do. Spoiler yep. warning for this segment. But anyway, yep. and eventually Hogan takes the microphone and he mentions that he's got a match with Ric Flair upcoming and he wants to make a point is that and he's like flair you 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 let your card you you uh showed your hand you showed your cards tonight flair because usually revealed that you care about arn that you got a weakness brother that (laughs) you mix business with with friendship with personal and business is is the distinction he makes Yep. And he and he's like we here the N.W.O. Well, this is business, and what he, ha- well, he does get him, boys, and he has Nash put Booty Man in a full Nelson, yep. and Hall and Na- Hall and Hogan beat the shit out of him. Yep. it's all a fake out as a way to to Hogan, and Hogan makes the explicit call out of like. If this yes, he he was my been my best friend for 22 years, he says how he's been hanging, he he's hanging with the Booty Man, hmm. as I mentioned to David, he also been banging,
1: banging with the Booty Man, true. Because that
0: because he said in a promo once that with the Booty Man they've been they've been uh, clanging and banging in
1: clanging a promo, which
0: was which was referring exclusively to working out together, but of course you know. People make the jokes Look, about ba- about the double entendre in banging.
1: Hey, hey, you know what? If it worked on Hulk Rules, it works here.
0: <laughs> anyway, yep. Anyway, he's like, "We he's been my friend for twenty two years, but this is business. And if I'm willing to do that to my best friend, what do you think I'm gonna do to you, Rich Ware?
1: <laughs> yeah, which sure, good point, I guess. Thanks, Hulk. I gotta say that promo he cut to was kind of meandering. Uh, it was didn't have the didn't have the same impact as his uh, "you people" speech mm-hmm. uh, at, at summer at bash of the beach. I keep wondering.
0: Yeah, I do. I do. I, I like the idea of it, though. Yeah, and the, I like it
1: in theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the execution but then,
0: better. But then the, we get Nash takes out the comically large candle and they t- rip the wrapping paper off, and it's actually a can of spray paint. And then we get the iconic moment. hall hall uh, nash holds up the world tabbyweight championship belt and hall and hollywood hulk hogan takes the spray paint cannon spray paints n w o all over the
1: title i gotta say it's a really sick visual as much as Mm -hmm. i'm bitching about these last few parts eh, god that moment is cool every now and again the nwo storyline has these glimpses of absolute subversive brilliance um I just, I just wish it were stronger. I wish the, I wish the, uh, the whole was as strong as the sum of its parts.
0: Yeah. But, but, but this, oh my this god, is a, a really cool moment. Uh, absolute. It's, it's awesome.
1: Like it, it was. Yeah, it's so cool. Again, we know at this point it's kayfabe. We know this is all scripted. We know it's all part mm-hmm. of the show. It's gone. Is any doubt that this is at all? remotely the 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 line is not drawn very very vaguely anymore but that's still like you don't do that to a title belt no the fact that they did the fact that they went there is wild and it is cool as much as it you can kind of be like oh look it's it's got 90s extreme like it it works it should look it it does it should be hokey but yeah that moment Works incredibly well. Yeah, and And oh god, it feels it feels
0: so disgustingly disrespectful to WCW, and I know, as if it's this great shot in the war between NWO and WCW, as Hogan took the belt and then he defaced the belt. Oh my
1: god, that you put it you you put it brilliantly. That's that's Mm -hmm. exactly it. It's it's. The it, the war in some ways is won. The takeover has happened, and WO are the new kings of WCW. Mm-hmm. Long live the king! Can
0: can WCW fight back and take their and take back what it take back what was once theirs?
1: Well, well um, bad news for the WCW on a lot of levels.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Also, so, side note the the giant is fucking still laying there.
0: Yeah, he he sells this one. This one knockout shot with the belt for the entire segment of this that we're talking. As I said, this thing's like ten to fifteen minutes of time. Yeah. Like when I told David, or in the front half, that this main event takes thirty minutes. A third of that is this ending bit, not <laughs> and, the actual match.
1: Giants just having a nice little nap on uh, in the ring the whole time.
0: Yep like really making him look like a chump
1: yeah no damn two of our biggest superstars just got depowered as fuck with this match oh it's yeah. so embarrassing mm-hmm. christ
0: so as we as we we are now at the end of hog wild and, and i can't say that it was worth it just for the nwo spray paint and the harlem heat match <laughs> i will call them highlights
1: though they are they are highlights glad, of glad of, I of got this. to
0: share the glad I got to share those moments with you.
1: No, I'm glad they're highlights of of this episode, and I think highlights of this show <laughs> for two very different reasons. But yeah, the that's this is the thing about the WCWR because we followed it is it works. I lost
0: you. No, we're so close.
1: No, no, microphone. Uh, you, you
0: you you glitched out for a second there. Please repeat. I'm, I'm
1: here. I'm here. Cool. Yeah. Okay. All right here's the thing about the wcw era as as we followed it is that this is such a brilliant concept to do so unique so i wish i could have been the person in the room who came up with this angle mm-hmm. and watched everybody's faces turn to me and watch their mouths drop open at how cool an idea this is and it starts off really strong they play that mystery super well the problem becomes that there are certain certain things that hamstrung them, namely the WWF lawsuit and just the restrictions of what wrestling is in the medium. In order for them to take the NWO to become the single greatest, completely untoppable storyline that ever has run in wrestling and ever will, you would need to do things that just go completely taboo from everything wrestling is as a medium and as an art form as as sports entertainment as everything you would need to break so many rules to do that and wcw wasn't in a position where they could go full out with that Mm -hmm. so it leads to these little structural weaknesses that uh, it's it's similar to summer of punk There are just certain restrictions that inevitably are going to take away that bite unless you just go completely off the fucking rails with any, with anything wrestling's ever done before. Mm -hmm. And of course, WCW in the nineties wasn't going to go there. They were trying to play it safe um, to, to keep that ratings war over WWF going and don't want to alienate the audience with anything too wild. Mm -hmm. And who knows if they had gone completely off the rails, Uh, And done some crazy experimental shit with the storyline if it would have worked out or not. Um, But at the end of it all, you can still understand why the storyline got as big as it did because it was really innovative and they did do some really cool new things it. I mean, uh, hell, they broke rules at the Disney show where Mm -hmm. where they spent half of that not doing wrestling, just watching some tragedy unfold backstage. Because the outsiders decided to fuck with them, that was cool. That was a that was a glimpse into what it could have been. And the moments where they do, where they break wrestling rules, where Hall comes in and takes over the mic and says, "You want a war? You got one." Where, where <laughs> uh, uh, Kevin Nash lawn darts Rey Mysterio, and we spend we spend half of our show watching the madness unfold backstage, where they spray paint the NWO logo on the title belt. Those are rule-breaking moments, and that's NWO at its peak, and those are mind-blowing things to do and things that can never be that mind-blowing again, and it's no wonder why mm-hmm. people in 2021 are wearing NWO shirts to a random taping of AW Dynamite. It, mm-hmm. it, I wish this thing could have been so much stronger than it ended up being and that it didn't get driven into the ground, but damn... When those moments of brilliance popped up, they shone brighter than the sun.
0: Yeah, I feel like I have. I feel like me saying this is almost like eating crow at every at at my hatred of a WWE philosophy that exists right hmm. now. Is it like it's it's commonly stated that WWE doesn't care about storytelling; they care about the moments. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. And I could go into an entire diatribe about how of the importance of storytelling, how that organically creates moments that are more long lasting than than trying to manufacture them. And then all that kind of almost gets thrown out the window sometimes with the NWO. Mm -hmm. of when I watch this shit week to week for preparation of this podcast, I'm like, oh, I can already see where this falls apart. I can already see how this is going to fuck up.
1: Oh, the writing's writing's been on the wall almost since day
0: then, But then they do these such cool moments that are iconic and brilliant and awesome. And it's like, I see how this worked. I see how this became the biggest thing in wrestling. I see how it propelled WCW to being the number one company in wrestling for a year and a half Mm -hmm. and how the NWO merchandise uh, goes, sells like hotcakes, how it revitalizes Hulk Hogan's career as it was on a, as it was limping along before (laughs) WCW and in staleness when, by before NWO happened. Like, holy sh- It's how Kevin Nash's greatest legacy was no longer Diesel.
1: Oh, God. This saved Nash and Hall both from just complete fucking obscurity, I think.
0: Yeah, because otherwise they would have probably been well-known as, like, bright spots of the new generation, but still, you know, the new generation. (laughs)
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: And- it's, it's just wild to see some of these moments. And like, it's kind of fun. It's, it's been fun to, to visit them and kind of, it's fun that they're as good as WWE hype packages make them sound, look like they are, yep. because that's well, that's kind of those things, something you worry, I worry about as someone who's seen plenty of WWE documentaries in my time mm-hmm. that like, maybe they're overplaying this because that's their narrative of WCW is that like WCW sucked. Except the NWO, that was really fucking cool. Yep. And then, it's, but then Attitude Era happened, and they went back to sucking. Um, <laughs> so it's easy to be afraid that, like, maybe they're overshooting it. That maybe they're like just hyping themselves up because they're hyping up WCW was that's who they beat. But the moments are fucking cool. They like the best of the NWO holds up, and I'm happy for that because that doesn't always happen in wrestling.
1: Yep. Yeah, so this was it was. I mean, it was so cool mm-hmm. to follow this arc and mm-hmm. see this it, huge part of wrestling history. And I feel like I've gained so much more cultural mm-hmm. knowledge of all of this just from this one arc. Yeah. So damn.
0: And we'll be back to this art to WCW eventually. It's kind of like Linkara in the Clone Saga comics, and you there, can- there is so oh, much you of it. We will, ne- we will never be done with it. Nope. Um, but for now we're gonna put a cap on WCW as with Hulk Hogan, his the NWOs on top. Mm-hmm. What happens now?
1: Oh boy.
0: But what what are we replacing this Arc with in our schedule? <laughs> and speaking of wrestling that doesn't age well, mm-hmm. in fact, it didn't age well when it was when it aired it didn't it aged poorly after a day as it was airing so i have decided that it is time for us to do a post-attitude era show in this spot a ruthless aggression storyline oh no and what ruthless aggression era storyline can i do i thought oh, to myself no. what what can we do here <laughs> because ruthless aggression isn't an era i'm always the most familiar with but then i realized the perfect storyline we. Can The most infamous storyline we can do. The storyline that is so bad that WWE tries to scrub it off of YouTube, throw it in the vault away from us all. No No one can see this shit. We are watching. In 2002, Triple H and Kane had a feud. And Triple H revealed Kane's ex-girlfriend. We're doing Katie motherfucking
1: Vic <laughs> oh, no! I've heard very bad things about this era and very bad things about Kane during this era I am terrified
0: I am so excited to do oh, the Katie no. Vic arc
1: Christ Christ in a handbasket oh, if,
0: if you know you know and if you don't get ready
1: <laughs> I'm strapping in a month from now things are gonna get fucking wild
0: but that's for a month from now. What mm-hmm. about next week? Next week. And next week is very exciting. It's our 50th episode. I think it's a bit of an anniversary special because I don't really care.
1: Because yeah. I can do what I want. We've well, been I doing love- this for over a year, but the, 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 the doesn't match up to a perfect 52 weeks. Shut up.
0: Either way, an even 50 episodes. And what are we going to do for our 50th episode? Well, we are going to take some inspiration from another podcast I listened to, Escape from Vault Disney. Uh, if you don't know what that is it's a podcast of where of people who uh watch something on disney plus at complete random yep. and that is what we're going to do next week we are going to be watching a episode of wwe tv on peacock at complete random and in fact it is going to be so random that we are not, I am not going to say what episode we're going to watch next week. No, On their show, they, at the end of the episode, will, will, will spin the wheel as it is mm-hmm. to figure out what they're going to do next week. Oh, no. Next week, we are picking the episode we're going to watch live right now. Yeah, right baby!
1: Oh, I'm so hyped to randomize this shit. Yeah! What, what will we be we watching? God, who knows? Come find out with us.
0: Yep. But that's then. Until then, David, hit our plugs.
1: Yes, sir. My friends, my dear, dear friends, thank you so much for once again joining us on another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast for this arc of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. uh, We hope you've had a fantastic time with us. We know we sure have. Uh, If you are a returning listener, viewer, what have you, Thank you so much for uh, once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, what have you. Uh, We hope you continue to do so. Uh, It's just great having you guys around. If you are brand new to this show, welcome. We are delighted to have you here, too. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wrestling fandom or you are a seasoned veteran welcome we're so happy that you're here we hope you've had a great time we hope you continue to have a great time with us if you would like to continue to join us week after week and you're not entirely sure how to do so not to worry my friends i have you covered one You can subscribe to us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, make sure it turns a nice little solid color so that you get notifications every single time we drop a new episode. Uh, Check out our our playlist. Austin is kind enough to throw all of our arcs into their own little playlist, so if you want to follow a specific storyline, you can. Uh, It's really cool, really awesome. Be sure to check that out. Add us to your playlist. Give us those likes, comments, whatever. We love that sweet engagement. Uh, You can also find us in audio-only format on three of the best places to find your podcast, which would be Spotify, Apple, and Google. Check us all out on there. Give us the downloads, ratings, whatever the fuck else you do to, to, I mean, just generally listen to the show and also tell, mm-hmm. tell mm-hmm. those platforms, Hey, these guys are pretty cool. It's pretty dope. Maybe they get some more promotion. I don't know. I'm just saying, check us all out on Spotify, on Apple, on Google. If you are a fan of the audio only experience. Also, we're on social media. There are three main places you can find us on social media. Number one, we are on Twitter at noobs and Knox pod on Twitter. That's noobs, the letter N Knox pod on Twitter. I'm pointing it right now to the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, check us out on there we uh we like to interact with the broader wrestling fandom we drop memes we we talk about current events uh we post every single time we drop a new episode and of course the gigantic highlight of our twitter is austin live tweeting his wrestling watching experience week by week my friend what is on the docket coming up
0: of course so as usual every wednesday night uh on tnt at 8 p.m eastern is aew dynamite, dynamite. The show that I, uh, the only wrestling show I consistently watch live. So I'm going to go ahead and live tweet about it. And hey, sometimes David, David also gets so involved. Cool. Yeah, baby. David's also watching Dynamite Live these days. Yup. So if you want to check us out on Twitter, doing a uh, week to week, you can check that out. But in addition, I will also be watching uh, the monthly pay per views for AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling. So <laughs> what's up coming for that? Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, coming up, by the time this episode drops, on Saturday, AEW Full oh, Gear dear. 2021. It's here. Our main event, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. My boy oh, is winning man. the title. The, the, the anxious millennial cowboy is winning My the world f- title. fucking
1: cup is going to be there for that, and I'm so jealous.
0: Yeah, uh, fuck that guy. Fuck, fuck you, Daniel. Yeah, anyway. what the fuck,
1: Daniel? Ugh.
0: So that will be available on, uh, if you're in America, Bleacher Report. Uh, if you're international, Fight TV, That's and as well so as traditional cute. pay-per-views. Now, uh, November 21st will be WWE's next pay-per-view at Survivor Series. Oh, it is the shit, one man. night a year where Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head, except for all the other nights of the year.
1: <laughs> we don't talk about the Super Shows.
0: We don't talk about those only, only Survivor Series. Unfortunately, there are no current matches advertised for Survivor Series, and it's in two weeks.
1: <laughs> whoops the doodle
0: <laughs> So, whatever. I can't tell you what's going to happen. You, If you go on, it's available on Peacock, the same way that we is available. The uh, WCW Nitro is on Peacock, so... There you go. Then Impact Wrestling's next pay-per-view is all the way to January 8, 2022 with Hard to Kill. Uh, of course, we have absolutely no information about that pay-per-view yet because it is two months away. But we will keep mentioning it on this podcast and get more information about it as we, as we get it
1: amazing. All right. Be sure to check all of that out. Uh, Austin's live tweeting is phenomenal. He drops very funny comments, some great insights. I can speak uh, i can speak with experience when I say he's a pretty good person to, to spend mm-hmm. your time watching wrestling with. Even if it's in a digital-only format, be sure to check all of that out. We also have an email address if you want to get, get in uh, more direct contact with us. You can email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi. Tell us what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like, things you want to see us do arcs single episodes extra wrestling media whatever uh we just just anything you want, you want to hear on this show, phenomenal. Just, you know, if you just want to drop in and tell us how sweet and wonderful the dulcet tones that come out of our vocal cords week after week are, we love hearing it. Just come say hi. We love people saying hi. We love we mm-hmm. would love to say hi back. So email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. And finally, we are also on Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gives you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.